Hi, this is Adam Carolla. I want to thank you for supporting this podcast on the Corolla Digital Network. Everyone here at Corolla Digital is very proud of the shows that we put out every week and are excited about the future of our network. However, a patent troll is threatening that future by suing us. We need to fight back and beat the troll down. If we go down, all the other shows on the other networks you've grown to love are going to go down next. Visit fundanything.com forward slash patent troll to donate and find out other ways that you can help beat the patent trolls. Thank you and mahalo. This is Corolla Digital. Hey, you guys, it's me, Allison. I just want to say thank you so much for listening. If you like what you're hearing, which, let's face it, you do, tell a friend. You can listen to us all sorts of places. A couple of them would be iTunes or AllisonRosen.com. Hey, everyone. Hi. Hello. It is me, Allison Rosen. Welcome to another episode of Allison Rosen is Your New Best Friend. I am sitting here with Jesse Thorne. This is his return appearance. Number two. Jesse Thorne of Bullseye, Jordan, Jesse Go, put this on a menswear blog. And you can't see him right now, although you can go to the website and see his photo. He is... You're even more snazzily dressed than the last time. This is some kind of linen jacket you're sporting with a pocket square. You got a linen jacket. Well, this actually put this on pocket square. Really? I have my own line of pocket squares. That's Does your line absolutely true? I said that in a voice that sounded insincere, like it was a joke, but it is actually true. Does your line include things besides pocket squares, or are you just starting with pocket squares? We did some baseball caps too. Really? Yeah, pocket squares and baseball caps. Caps. That classic combination. Do. Do any of them coordinate? No, God, it, that would be oh, horrible. Would there what ever a nightmare be, would that be? I mean, I don't know. You're the one who know, who knows. That's exclusively the, the only person in the world who could wear that is Steve Harvey. <laughs> would there ever be an opportunity where one where you would suggest someone wear that? SB Awards. <laughs> That's all I got. Okay, sorry. What are the ESPY awards? I know I've heard of them. Uh, that's the sports awards from ESPN. <laughs> it's ESPN's award ceremony where all the athletes get awards. That's, that's <laughs> perfect, by the way. Right. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Does that pocket square say "Put this on" on it? Yeah, totally. Well, it says PTO on it on the on the tag. That's so fancy. Yeah. Now that's super cool. Yeah, we have like it's like a pocket square of the month club. Really? Yeah, really. That's really neat. And and if people go to putthison.com, yeah. then they can find it. But there's other things that you're here to talk about, such as boatparty.shitbiz. Yeah, boatparty.shitbiz. <laughs> I couldn't remember if it was a biz or a .tv. I know, I know it was one of the not.coms. Boatparty.biz. Yeah, so we will talk about all that, and we'll talk about the fact that you're a father, because you were a father last time, so you're even more a father now. Now I'm a double dad. Yeah. But it <laughs> sounds like we have, we have bigger priorities for the top of the show, from what I heard. Well, that's the thing, is that we are also going to be speaking with the lovely Maria Menunos. Much lovelier than I. No matter how many, I could wear 25 pocket squares. She'd still be lovelier than I. 
It's interesting that you think that wearing 25 pocket squares would somehow up <laughs> up your loveliness. Uh, you, yeah, well, pocket squares are returns? lovely. That's true. So more are lovelier. Exactly. Right. It's yeah. basic arithmetic, Allison. <laughs> I'm sorry. How foolish of me. But yes, she is lovely. We'll be speaking to her because you will be hearing this on Monday, but on Tuesday, the finale of her show, Chasing Maria Menounos, will be airing. So I just wanted to chat with her briefly just to see how it all is going since this reality show, which is like they get quite personal and they uh, they reveal a lot of things that someone like me, I would reveal because I have no filter. But um, but Maria, well, I think she must not have a filter either. But so anyway, there's a lot of stuff that's out there. And I'm just curious how it has been affecting her and her family and her boyfriend who's on the show and her parents on the show, too. Anyway, so let us call her. We're in the process of that. right Okay, now. great. We can just cut this part out. I, I think we should just leave it in. Or we can just leave it in. You know what? We can just leave it in. Oh, my God. Well, that reminds me. There's something else that I wanted to bring up, and I don't know if Caitlin can hear what we remind him to. Since we're being completely transparent, the way, I do, the way I do the little promos for the show is that afterwards I listen back and I find like a particularly funny or poignant or intriguing or whatever little line, and then, oh, we have Maria. Okay. I will come back to that in just one moment. <laughs> Maria? Hi. Hello. How's it going? Good. How are you? I'm good. So I know that the finale of your show is airing. It'll be airing tomorrow when people hear this. How are you feeling about it coming to a close? And also, what should we expect? And also, how has it been affecting your life and Kevin's life and your family and everything? Well, it's uh, it's actually it's really exciting that the finale is tomorrow. Again, it's at 10.30 on Oxygen. I feel like we've gone through this whole journey with people, and tomorrow gives them some closure because it's, uh, it's a big commitment. And, you know, we're doing this in front of our whole, you know, family, all of our friends, and it's, a, it's been a, a nice journey. I mean, last week's episode was super emotional, and this one is very emotional as well, but in a good way. And this will be the episode where I, I must confess I'm behind one week, so I'm afraid to say anything no lest I spoil oh, it for myself. But I, <laughs> I know that the episode. Well, wait, can I say? Do people, you tell me what you can tell me about what happens in the finale because I actually know a little bit of what's going to happen, but I don't know if that's being revealed or not. Yeah, we go back to Connecticut. And Kevin converts to become Greek Orthodox. Which there was a, quite a bit of resistance to. But your dad wanted this to happen. Yeah. And when you see episode nine, the last episode that you missed, you'll see why we kind of break to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there were some health issues. And so we're like, you know what? Let's just do this now. We've been putting it off. And the poor guy has been waiting 16 years for us to do something. So let's do this. And, you know, as far as, like, how it's affected us and our families, I mean, it's just literally been fun watching it every week. I really enjoyed seeing people get a kick out of my dad and Kevin and Joe and all the things that I thought would happen. Um, Uh Oh, you cut out for a second. Say it again. Oh. uh, You know, it's been nice enjoying my family and friends on TV for me as a viewer 
because when I originally kind of set out to do this, I knew they were going to be funny and adorable and people were going to love them. And so that's been fun for me. All right. I have a question, which is uh, a little bit outside of this, but I know that you're, you know, on the show, you guys document that your parents were really, or your dad specifically, was really opposed to your relationship with Kevin at the beginning, and you became mm-hmm. estranged from your parents, and, you know, that that was the, really tough to watch all of that, like when you went back and saw the, the place that you guys lived when you really didn't have anything, and you were sort of, you chose, you know, love over over your family. Now you guys have all made up, but was it hard to forgive your parents? Yeah, it was. I mean, it was, well, it wasn't, it wasn't, because my dad made it pretty simple. He came out here, and he instantly apologized. And for me, it's like, it was, the the road was hard to it. But when someone's willing, especially an elderly man, is willing to look your partner in the eyes and say, I am so sorry, you know, that's just, (laughs) You don't get anything like that generally. Like most people will never get that apology. Right. And they probably deserved it. So I am just, you know, I was just so thankful that he had said it because I know he didn't mean in his heart to be like that. He was just so sad and had, you know, certain visions. <laughs> and, you know, when you're disappointed, you know, it's it's not easy. So How... it was definitely a long road, though. How long was it after he disowned you that he apologized? Oh, it was like a solid year and a half, maybe even longer. I can't remember exactly. I mean, I feel like it was maybe even a little over a year and a half, maybe. It was a long time, Allison. It was hard. I used to cry all the time. I moved here and I got this huge job and it was just so sad. Yeah, I mean, it, it... it just puts so much pressure on the on the relationship. For me, it would put so much pressure on the relationship and on everything I chose over the family because I'd be like, well, this has to work out because I don't have this other thing to return to. Yeah, well, I feel like I, I wasn't worried about work out. I was just worried about something happening before it did. Like my dad's diabetes is so severe, so I was so scared that something awful was going to happen and we weren't going to be talking and then I would regret it and be so upset. So luckily, God took care of that for me. Well, it all worked out and now you guys have a reality show. (laughs) Exactly. All right. Well, I am going to let you go, but thank you so much for calling in and and you and I need to catch up and talk more about all of this and maybe you can come in uh, and be on the show again. I would love that. Thank you so much for supporting and for watching, and um, it means everything. So I really appreciate it. Of course. All right. So people can check this out at ten thirty on Oxygen. Yes, ten thirty at Oxygen. Okay. Take care. Thank you, Allison. Have a good one. Bye. You too. Bye. All right. Um, so I love promo. Maria. <laughs> I, like, I do not love phone interviews because of that kind of stuff. I like that you close that with an "all right." Like it sounded like you're <laughs> Maria Menounos. <laughs> I know. Um, okay, side. There's so many side notes happening. There's not even a main note anymore. But a side note is: it is fucking hot in here. Could we turn on the air?
And then also, what I was about to say before was, um, so the way we do promos on the shows afterwards, I listen to them and then I choose a little thing and then I record a little thing and then it plays on the different shows. However, based on the schedule, we are going to have to record the promo for this very show immediately afterwards. So as you're talking... Right. I'm going to be fully in it with you, but also outside of it a tiny bit, trying to hear that thing that you say that's like, oh, that's it. And you 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 should also think about that. You don't think that we should just say it now and then get it out of the way. Just we just make you got two producers sitting here. We can right now make six. One and a half. Six. (laughs) It's not that crazy. That's fair. Six high impact statements. Doesn't matter if they. I mean, people aren't going to tune in to the show and then say this isn't related to what they said on the promo. We just say stuff that's exciting for the promo right now. They can cut it while we're doing this. We don't even have to do anything afterwards. You're right. That's what we should do. Right? Go for it. Okay. So the boulder is rode. Okay. The boulders. (laughs) The boulders headed down the hill. I dodge, but right there, a mountain lion. Vagina. <laughs> I think that's yelled, good. You just yelled vagina. Yeah, is I'm giving them some options. Okay, great, awesome. So that's going to be for the for the 15 second, mm-hmm. and mine can be for the 30 second. Right. That was great. That was great. Let's have a, give us another one. Okay. So I'm talking to half, and he says to me, Jesse Thorne, you're a handsome man. I'd like to be with you. <laughs> Right? Did I leave enough pause before I laughed? Okay, good. Great. Gorgeous. We just took care of the promos. I know. That was so good. I'm a radio professional, Allison. I'm from National Public Radio, so I know how to take care of promos. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Um, all right. So what? Uh, some of, let's talk about the boat thing. Okay. Because it just came up, and I know you don't call it the boat thing, but it just came up on the Thursday version of my show. Many of us experience motion sickness on boats particularly. I actually do, too. I, I am super – I get all kinds of motion sickness. But the thing is, have you ever been on, like, a big cruise ship? No. I've been on a big ferry, but I've never been on – I know it's, it's different. I've never it's been a, on a totally different thing. I mean, a, a cruise ship is so huge. I'm both – I both get motion sick and, if I can just admit this publicly Please. right now, I'm afraid of the ocean. I don't <laughs> like it. It goes too far. Yeah, in all directions, right? Do you know the feeling I'm talking about? Like you're looking – like when I look out at the horizon, I feel like I'm looking at the inevitability of my own death. Yes. Because it's infinite. I know know exactly what you mean. It's like that thing – I don't know if you have this – where you try to imagine living forever, but the human brain just can't – you can't – Right. You you just get that knot at the bottom of your stomach. Right. Infinity. My fears of being on a, a boat are not super specific. It's not like I'm worried that I'm going to get caught in the propeller or something. They're mostly existential. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyway, the good, <laughs> the good news is, the good news is, I didn't know this, but I, I took my first cruise a couple of years ago. And a cruise ship is so comically enormous that it is like an island or uh, it's so huge that you don't get sick and at least in my case, and I am a real wuss, like a deeply committed. I mean, I have my own line of pocket squares. <laughs> right, say no more. Uh, that it totally, it's totally not the like being afraid and being sick was non problems for me. Absolutely nothing. The worst thing I can say is that when I got off the ship, I had sea legs a little bit. 
you know, a little bit. How long does that last? And is it kind of fun? It is, yes. A, yes, it is kind of fun. (laughs) And B, three, four hours. Oh, that's not very long. Yeah, no. It's not like it's like two weeks. Right, of noodly legs. No, it's not permanent. It's not like getting a tattoo. (laughs) But now, when you're on the top deck of the ship, you feel that you're moving, though, yes? Not really, no. You don't feel wind blowing on you? You feel wind blowing on you, but that's because you're outdoors. But you're traveling quickly through it. The only time, I'll tell you what, the only time that I noticed that anything was happening was we have shows. So BoatParty.biz is a cruise to the Caribbean Mm -hmm. with comedy and music. And we have shows. And sitting in the showroom, you you can see the horizon line and you can see the stage in front of you. And a couple times in each show, I would realize... Hey, wait a minute. We're rocking gently, <laughs> which is a really weird experience when you're watching stand-up comedy, but it's actually kind of charming. Like it's I again, like I totally didn't totally didn't get me sick. Totally I just was like, "Huh, look at that." Did someone have to convince you to uh conquer your fears and do this? I'll tell you what. The first time I went on a cruise, well, I mean, my biggest fear of cruises was that it would be so dumb that I would want to shoot myself. <laughs> like, it's not like I'm not that cruise of a guy. Yeah. Um, but uh, <laughs> like, like 2008 or something like that, um, the economy crashed. Maybe you remember this. From I do. Civics class. I remember it from life. Yeah. And um, so cruises out of Long Beach right here by Los Angeles were like, I don't know, $25 or something. You could, you could seriously go on a two night cruise um, like a well, like a weekend cruise out of Los Angeles to Mexico for I think it was like a hundred and forty dollars, wow. which included food and lodging and everything. Right? Uh, is that how cruises are? They're all inclusive, right? They're generally all inclusive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I was like, well, maybe I should go on a cruise. Like this is the dumbest thing ever. But if I get some friends to go with me, we'll all be in it together, and it only costs a hundred and forty dollars. That's like a week of groceries. Mm-hmm. So I went on this cruise. And um, it it was uh, it was real dumb, um, but I was <laughs> surprised. Good. I but I was surprised. I kind of had a good time. Like yeah, it was dumb good. But then then I I you know took a break for years. And when I thought of BoatParty.biz, it was kind of because for years I've been doing this thing called Max FunCon, which is like a, it's sort of like a summer camp slash um, creativity retreat slash comedy festival. For grown-ups. I didn't realize that's what it was. Yeah, totally. That sounds really fun. It is really fun. That's why it's called Max Fun Con. I pictured it for some reason more like Comic Con, just because it was oh, just God, a con. No, 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 no. But no, without no, no, comic no, no, books. No. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Comic Con is the worst. <laughs> I didn't enjoy my. Uh, it you, was just have so. Have you been so, to Comic Con? Yes, and so it was smelly, so cr- right. It was so crowded. Is what the, it was. Oh. It wasn't a smell thing. It was a holy shit. There are so many people everywhere. I feel smushed. Jo- my co-host Jordan uh, from Jordan Jesse Go and I did a show at Comic Con last year on a stage owned by a um, a major entertainment company, which shall remain nameless. We were invited to There's do no our show. There's no way anyone would ever find out what it on is on this stage. Right. Uh, it's it's it was uh, once owned by a famous pair of brothers, and um, Hills Brothers Coffee. Yeah, it's Hills Brothers Coffee. Okay. <laughs> And uh, we got we had our mics cut after like ten minutes, and uh, then this tiny woman 
uh, off stage started screaming profanities at us. How dare you? Like, uh, whatever. We had no idea what we had done wrong. Like, zero idea what we had done wrong. It turns out that they wanted this show to be G-rated, but they didn't tell us. Oh, wow. And so we had been swearing and stuff. I mean, we're grown-ups. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, and then I just got on a train and left. <laughs> How did you ever find out what the, it was? The, the woman was screaming. This woman turned out to be the head of all marketing the vice president for marketing for this pair of brothers. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I have negative associations with Comic-Con. Right. And the other time I went, I was just, this is too smelly. Yeah. And also I don't want to wait in line for half my day for a panel. I, who who wants, even wants to see a panel? Panels are weak. I always find pan. well, when I used to go to South by Southwest for the music part, this was before all the web stuff had taken off at South by Southwest, um, yeah, the panels were not the part I went for. At least for you shows. go see a show, right? Exactly. Yeah. That's, so that's anyway. why you went. Anyway, it's not, like, it's not like Comic-Con at all. In fact, one of the reasons I created it because I wanted something that wasn't like Comic-Con. So I think Comic-Con is uh, dumb. You know what I would recommend someone do if they're going to go to Comic-Con and they need something more entertaining than wait in line? Close pin rec- on their nose? Yes, close pin on their nose, but in their ears, an audiobook, perhaps one that they would get from uh, audiblepodcast.com forward slash BFF, which is a leading provider of premium digital spoken audio information and entertainment. Hold on, Alice. On the internet's right. I have a question about okay. this. Let's just say I'm, I'm on the fence about going to audiblepodcast.com slash, what was it? BFF. Is there some kind of exciting news about that? That would encourage me to go. Yes. What is it? Like a, a special a free audiobook whoa, and a thirty whoa. day trial. Whoa, that free is a thirty day trial and free audiobook. And by the way, it's not just like, oh, here's our one audiobook. Hope you like listening to this one book. It's not like that. It's not like an Wait, encyclopedia collection with only one volume. It's even more than that. They have over 150,000 titles. I'm a nighttime security guard. I listen to great books all night long, so I go through a lot of audiobooks. That's why you need this, because over 150,000 titles in every genre. I'm sure that when you're a nighttime security guard, you work your way through fiction, history, romance, mysteries, thrillers, sci-fi, self-development, kids, young adults. I mean, You basically the list just listed just goes my on. 10 favorite genres. Was that 10? Yeah, I think roughly. Great. I know. That's why it's perfect for someone like you or for just anyone listening to this. Because someone who's listening to this, you're already used to listening to spoken word. Quit wasting precious rods and and cones. Those are in your eyeballs. (laughs) Oh, okay. I shouldn't have tried to to be heady. Don't get get a headache from trying to read. Yeah, there we go. Just listen to a book. I would recommend I Can Barely Take Care of Myself, Tales from a Happy Life Without Kids by Jen Kirkman, who has been on the podcast. Jen Kirkman's the best. She's the best. And she reads the book herself. uh, And it's really funny. Jen Kirkman. It doesn't get any better than Jen Kirkman. It does not. So go get your free audio book, I Can Barely Take Care of Myself by Jen Kirkman, or some other audio book today. And start your free 30-day trial today by signing up at www.audiblepodcast.com forward slash BFF. That's audiblepodcast.com. BFF. Okay. So anyway. Yeah. So Max, you were talking about Max Fun Con. And I thought, like Max Fun Con, it's really cool, but we sell it out right away every year. And, um, you know, it, it fills up. It's the same people every year. They're all friends with each other. And I kind of wanted to do something that I could, that could grow and be 
more focused on the performance and just having fun. And I thought, what about a cruise? I have a friend, Jonathan Colton, who does a cruise, and I talked to him about it. And he's like, it's, you'd be shocked. It was so great. And we did it last year. And the thing about it that's really cool is when you have people that you're interested in talking to and stuff that you're really excited about doing, all of a sudden, all of the um, all of the kind of weird, silly amenities of a cruise, you know, like them folding the, your towel into an animal and putting it on your bed. And they do like, that? Yeah, absolutely. That sounds so cool. And uh, like uh, free ice cream whenever you want. And uh, uh, You're describing the good things of a cruise. Right. But they're also, they're also like things that you could roll your eyes over because well, they're ridiculous. you're some kind of jerk, yeah. I, well, I am. <laughs> uh, all of those things become like the perfect context in which to like party your butt off slash make new friends slash see awesome, awesome shows. You know, like it's like. The alt is like amazing foil long weekend vacation. Mm-hmm. Like it's like, you know what I mean? And you can just go all out the whole time, you know, with both relaxation and party jams. And it was so fun. It was so fun, Allison. It sounds really fun. I mean, except for the fear of the ocean, boats, and motion sickness, even though I heard what you said earlier, that's not really an it's issue. It's not a thing. It's totally not a how thing. Long is, how long is it? Well, there's a party on Thursday night in Cape Canaveral, which is where we from the place from which we leave. Not this Thursday, though, right? You mean the no, no, Thursday no. of the, when you the do Thursday this? The Thursday night of the weekend that the cruise is, which and is July twenty fourth. This Thursday, this is Thursday, okay. July twenty fourth, and then Friday through Monday is the cruise. There's three nights: two nights of comedy, one night of music, and um, and then on Monday you 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 know fly back to wherever you came from. So it's sort of like I mean, you take three days off work. Like it's actually a pretty easy thing and it's sort of all inclusive so it's just sort of like it's just like a cool adventure to go see and i'll tell you like i i picked everything that's at this specifically to the be spectacular animals? i did not pick the towel animals all the performers <laughs> allison all the performers who were so, well i know that natasha legero and, and moshe Cash they were just on the Adam right. show with you i know that they are going to be performing who else? Oh, they're so great. Aren't they so great? They are so great. I didn't realize they were going out. I was the last one to to learn this. Did you get hear that like at the end? No, because no, no, they no. started talking about fucking right at the very beginning. No, I heard it ahead <laughs> of time from Gary. Should we repeat this story? This will be now like the third time that we've told it on air. But well, I don't think Jesse's ever the second time. Okay, then it's the second time. Tell Jesse. Uh, well, I uh, I've been referring around here to. Uh, to the host that we're going to be guest hosting, and I said it's a couple of comedians who are dating named Natasha and Moshe. And this kid over here, Kalen, uh, apparently was somewhere else where I was not, and somebody walked up to him and said, who's guest hosting the show tonight? And he goes, I don't know, two lesbian comedians. <laughs> <laughs> um, not, not familiar with the uh, first names of the chosen people. No. Um, Moshe is an old friend of mine from San Francisco okay. and I didn't even know he, I didn't know he was, had been dating Natasha, but I emailed him to invite him and he said, what do you think of Natasha? And I said, Legero, she's really funny. She's awesome. And he's like, well, can I bring her? And I'm like, yes, of course you can bring uh, hilarious headlining comedian Natasha Legero along. Like, does she want to perform also? <laughs> but okay, here's on the comedy side. Comedy side is Greg Barrett, W. Kamau Bell. Guy Branham, Matt Bronger, Tony Kameen, Chris Fairbanks, Moshe Kasher, Karen Kolgareff, Kyle Kinane, 
Carol Kolb, who's going to do a comedy writing That's workshop. Three alliterative names in a row. No, it's, I, we set it up that way. <laughs> Carol Kolb, who, she, Carol, Carol was a writer on Community last year mm-hmm. and also Review with Andy Daly, oh, the great I love that Andy show. Daly, and also was the head writer and showrunner of the Onion Network News show on IFC, which I thought was so hilarious. Oh, wait, does she go out with Tony Kameen? Yes. And they have, they have a dog I, named Dummy. Yes, they do. Mm-hmm. All of that is correct. That's why Tony and Carol are coming together. Gotcha. Um, we've got, uh, let's see, uh, Morgan Murphy. Love her. I mean, it's like, it's a super epic yeah, comedy lineup. Really like, good there's lineup. like 12 headlining stand up comedians, and they're all brilliant headlining stand up comedians, not BS ones. And then the music show is John Roderick, who is the front man of a band called The Long Winters, mm-hmm. um, who are sort of Northwest, Pacific Northwest indie rock. Legends, and he is also a super funny guy, and hosts a great podcast called Roderick on the Line. And then the rapper Jean Grey, who's a brilliant rapper and also a super funny lady, actually, but um, her rap is uh, pretty serious. And Lake, who are an indie pop band, also from the Pacific Northwest, who do the closing theme of Adventure Time. Have you ever seen Adventure Time? I don't think I have. You should probably watch Adventure Time. It's really great. Okay, it's is one it of animated. Those, it's one of those things like Pee Wee's Playhouse where. Uh, you can just tell that it's making all of the children across America uh, grow up into be to be good people. You know what right. I mean? Yeah, I um like all the damage that uh, uh, whatever Barney. Barney and Dora the Explorer are doing to these children <laughs> this is undoing it. Yeah, exactly. It's filling them with a sense of wonder and ma- of the wonder and majesty of the possibilities of the world. Truly? Oh shit! Yeah, no, it's totally amazing. Okay. It is an amazing show. I'll watch it then. It's really great. Yeah. Okay. What channel is it on? It's on Cartoon Network. I think that's right, yeah. yeah. I'm going to check it out. Okay. So Lake, Jean Grey, John Roderick, and Auntie Ballas, who are this Afrobeat band. Um, they were the band for Fela on Broadway. Um, and they, the 14-piece band, and it is the partiest party. When they hit the stage, it is the craziest, wildest, like, so awesome they have like four different kinds of saxophone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. There's a bass saxophone, a baritone saxophone, mm-hmm. I guess it's called. Baritone saxophone. Like they're so awesome. Like even if you have no clue what Afrobeat is, like. I mean, I feel like when there's that many people on stage, how can you not enjoy it? Is it it's a party jam. It is a party jam. Last year, our big music headliner was this guy, Dan Deacon, electronic music guy, who also – he had people – at one point he yelled, I want to see you dancing like a bunch of grown-up Bart Simpsons. <laughs> and it was, it was out of control. Out How many of control. people go on this cruise? Hundreds. Hundreds. Yeah. And, and are like – The ship holds like thousands. So we all – everybody eats together. Everybody, you know, goes on shore excursions together because it goes to Nassau and it goes to a private island. And everybody – you know, hangs out together in the pool. There's special rooms where you can hang out and, like, play board games or whatever during the day if you want to. Where's this private island? I feel there's so much about the world I don't know, and it includes private islands. It's in the Bahamas. It's called Coco Key. Of course it is. There's private beaches. There's places where you get rum drinks and coconuts. How does one gain access to a private island? You First of all, you, you're going to need to be a billionaire. Right? I don't know. No, it's so you can weird. Go to boatparty.biz. Yeah, just go to boatparty. If you're just talking about access, that. if you're just talking about access, just go to boatparty.biz. That's a good point. Come but, on, I the mean, Atlantic Ocean Comedy and Music yesterday, Festival. Yesterday, literally just yesterday, I received an email from someone, and a parenthetical was, 
which either means you're 107 years old or rich, like island owning rich. And I was, is this a new thing of rich people owning islands or am I just really late to the party of understanding that this is what you do if you're extremely rich? There is a world that we don't live in that we only hear about through I, but our I, media But I hadn't outlets. heard about it. I, yesterday I interviewed Arsenio Hall. Uh, oh, cool. He's the star of the Arsenio Hall show. That makes sense. And Was that on Bullseye? He, yeah, that was for Bullseye. And um, first of all, he's just everything you would hope he would be. And- he looks younger than I do. I'm 33. Looks younger than me, which is annoying because he's almost 60. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize he was that old. 58 years old. Wow. But gorgeous. Looks gorgeous. And um, so he said he thought he decided to come back because he was. He's like I was at a dinner party with Michael Jackson and Diddy, and I was like, "Who are you? How is that a dinner party?" Apparently, Diddy. How long ago was this? Dinner party. I don't know. How long ago has it been? How long has it been since Michael died? Six, five years? I mean, I'm assuming the dinner party was before that. Yeah, you got to figure. It was, I want to say it was like 2009. It was. I said that before Gary even held up his hand because I remember where I was when someone asked me, is it true? And you I were said, in front of a huge sign that said 2009. Mm-hmm. No, I was, I, I was in my apartment in Brooklyn on the phone. This is a good story. Go ahead. You tell yours. It's better. No, it's just there is a world that we uh, can only gaze at. But right. this is an opportunity to gaze at it. Like we – last year I was I was at this thing and um, it was like late night and I'm hanging out. We're hanging out in the pool and it's the saltwater pool. It's gorgeous. Um, Nick Thune is in the pool. Great comedian Nick Thune. Uh, at some point, Eugene Merman came by and uh, did a belly flop into the pool uh, wearing all of his clothes. That sounds funny. Um, he, and by the way, if you're wondering how Eugene Merman dresses for a c- Caribbean vacation, <laughs> uh, black jeans and black shirts. Oh, black I Black long sleeve shirts. It's the same. Yes, exactly. No concessions on the part of <laughs> Eugene Merman to the Caribbean. Um, and then uh, this guy, John Darneal, went by, who's the- uh, Mountain goats. The mountain goats, Exactly. And he's just a world-class great guy. And uh, everybody's like, get in the pool, John. Get in the pool, John. And he's like, oh, I didn't, bring, I didn't bring a swimsuit. And we're like, get in the pool anyway. Get in the pool anyway. And Darnell comes back. And he just stands at the edge of the pool. And it's like 3 o'clock in the morning, so it's a little bit dark. And some of the, I don't drink, but some of the other people have, have been partaken of some adult mm-hmm. beverages. And Darnell just stands there like arms outstretched sort of Leonardo DiCaprio style at the edge of the pool and he's only wearing tidy whities <laughs> and you just you're like gazing upon his visage and then you realize that he's got his balls hanging out <laughs> <laughs> and then he jumped in the pool it was like the happiest moment of my entire life cuz you saw his balls no just just great who would, who wouldn't want to see John Darnell of the Mountain Goats balls not no no one wouldn't want to right only a fool wouldn't want to now about this world that we only gaze into, yeah. when did saltwater pools become a thing? Because I feel like that's been a thing of late, too. And as someone who's now swam in them three times, which means this is going over like the last three years because I go swimming about once a year, um, much preferable. But exclusively in saltwater pools. Only saltwater right. pools. I, is that all they have anymore? I or don't do know. They still have what those a, I think they, they're, they're trying to phase out uh, finite pools. 
which is to say non-infinity <laughs> pools. Right. Yeah. Anything more than a zero-edge pool, get out of here with that. Yeah, exactly. Um, yes. Salt water is so much more comfortable. Well, it's, you're more buoyant in there, right? Isn't that the thing? Plus, is that? Well, plus you can your open ju- your eyes you and it doesn't up, hurt as much. You end up juicier because of the brining effect. <gasps> is Maybe that's why I felt puffy. That and the 8,000 carbohydrates. <laughs> Do you think you it's it's you were basically turning yourself into a Thanksgiving turkey? I think yeah, I think I was marinating. Mm-hmm. Um, were there a lot of bay leaves in the pool? <laughs> and it was so so hot. Yeah, and there was a giant la- ladle. Like a ladle. Yeah, it's yeah. so weird. Yeah, and I didn't know what those carrots were. I think you were a soup. <laughs> I, I think you were being turned into a soup, Allison. <laughs> I think you're right. No, but really, why did they have saltwater pools? A million years ago when I was a kid and pools smelled like chlorine and they hurt your eyes. What about it? Well, when I was a kid, pools were where you went to get stabbed. That's right, because you grew up in... In San Francisco, the pool by my house, the pool closest to my house. So I would go to the Balboa Park pool, which was a little bit far from my house. But the Mission Pool, which was by my house, would literally, every summer, it would be open for four weeks and then someone would get stabbed and then they would close it for the rest of the summer. <laughs> like, there were so many stabbings. At the, like, why would you stab? Why at a pool? Of all the places to stab someone. I know. A public pool? It does seem strange. Right? It's like stabbing someone at the library. Yes. Like in the rare book room. But it's worse than that because there's like this big area for all the blood to go. Oh, that's a really good point. I mean, I guess you'd want to keep them far away from... I'm assuming it didn't happen, like, in the pool. It happened near the pool, right? I don't know. I can't speak to that. I wasn't there at the time. If I was going to stab someone, I would stab them where the greatest concentration of people was so no one would notice. And I would also want the chlorine water to wash my DNA and fingerprints off of the weapon. So mm. I just, ha- just bring it into the pool in my shorts, my shiv or whatever. I thought this through pretty well. I know. It's I'd a little chilling. I'd gut them like a fish. And then I'd just let go and float away. Fucking just float away. I feel like you'd have to do some paddling of your hands to make sure you float away fast enough. No, I'd just float away. Okay. I'd kick, I'd kick off if I needed to. Because <laughs> that that's putting distance both directions. Why hasn't that ever happened in a horror movie? Because, I mean, the water would just turn red. Has it not? I feel like it must have. I'm sure I'm sh- well, I'm sure something like that has happened in that someone has died in a pool and all the blood has turned it red. But I don't know that anyone's ever stabbed someone in a public pool, a crowded public pool and then floated away. You don't th- there's never been any that kind of cool collected just float away is what you're saying. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, think, maybe there has been, I don't know. You know what I think? What do you think? Well, we I think we get Maria Menounos back on the phone. We give her a pitch. <laughs> For a horror movie? <laughs> Let's make this happen, I Maria. I think you're right. You know, you, I, we, get, we get her on the phone, then we get Harvey Weinstein on the phone, and we make, this, we make our, dream, our dreams come true. Let's do it. We're going to be the new guy who directed Scream, whose name I can't remember. It's not Eli Roth, but we could be the new Eli Roth. I don't think I've got that in me. I, it's got to be slightly arch and ironic. I don't think I have that level of brutality. I'm not capable of that kind of brutality. All right. I'm a cool, collected hitman. You're I'm right. not like a guy that pulls people's fingernails out. Who directed Scream? Wes Craven. Really? 
But okay, I'm not thinking of Wes Craven though. I'm thinking of Didn't the Scream Wes guy, do the guy, on the guy who wrote Scream, and then he probably directed Scream Two. You know the guy I'm talking about, Scream guy. Ed Williamson. Kevin Williamson. Kevin Williamson is the guy I'm thinking about. Absolutely. All right, we're the new him. Yeah, we're the new Kevin Williamson. If there were a movie or TV show that involved this, though, you know where you could probably go to watch it because they have everything. Hulu Plus. Oh, sure, online. That's right. HuluPlus.com slash what? HuluPlus.com slash Allison. Oh, sure. You know Hulu. Hulu Plus has so much more. They have current seasons of all your favorite shows like Modern Family, The Daily Show, or Gary's new favorite show, Scandal. He worked his way through Revenge, and now he's starting on Scandal. Can I tell you a secret? My co-host Jordan from Jordan Jesse Go is on Scandal. Oh, really? Well, when I say he's on Scandal, he's in one scene of one episode of Scandal. That's good enough for us. Oh, that's going to drive me insane. He has one line, too. I'm going to have to look this up or I'm going to be distracted through every episode. Yeah. Trying to find him? Yeah. Do you know what? Do you happen to know what season it is? Uh, it was a recent season. It, it was about a year and a half ago. So probably season two. You're going to have to let us know when you, when you come across it. Will he do. plays like tabloid journalist is the name of his character. <laughs> Well, the thing is, I always say that I almost feel like it does a disservice to the listeners when I name what shows Hulu Plus has because they have so many. I don't want you to think they only have those. They have a bazillion more. The aforementioned Revenge, Once Upon a Time, Vampire Diaries, New Girl, Modern Family, Office, Mindy Project, Community Parks and Rec, Late Night with Jimmy Fallon. Again, these are just a few of the ones they have. Nashville, Lost, Doctor Who. I really like that they have all the Criterion Collection on there. All the Criterion Collection movies. Well, look at you. Yeah. That's perfect. That's exactly what someone who has a pocket square would say. Yeah. If I want to watch F for Fake, I can watch it. You get ad-free movies, kids shows too. Um, and you can watch Hulu Plus in so many places. You can watch on your computer, your smart TV, your Roku, your Apple TV, Xbox, PlayStation, pretty much any streaming device you already own. Never be bored again because if you're somewhere and you're bored, just pull out your phone or your tablet or your what have you. Watch F iPad. for Fake. That's right. Watch The Seven Samurai. Or watch Scandal, The Daily Show, <laughs> and New Girl. Binge watch. And you can get access to originals you can't get anywhere else. Deadbeat, comedy about a pot-smoking guy who talks to ghosts. Uh, and it's only seven ninety nine a month. You can get your shows anytime, anywhere. So you guys right now can sign up at HuluPlus.com forward slash Allison or click the banner on my website to get two weeks free full access. Uh, that's a whole extra week more. With this special offer, so sign up at HuluPlus.com forward slash Allison or go to my website, click the Hulu Plus banner, and then they'll know that I sent you. Then they'll love me, which is really what I'm that's trying why to you're in. That's why, why you're I'm in this, in this business. business. Yeah. yeah. Is this the wrong business to find love from strangers? No, I think this is exactly probably the, the right business. one, yeah. I would recommend starting your own cruise so people can come up to you on the cruise. Yeah, I feel like you've really ta- – you're the stir that straws the drink. I mean you are taking it another level. You're not only creating – because I fancy myself someone who has created this community for people because you know there's a lot of interaction between Allison Rosen's new best friend listeners and all of us on the show. Uh, and I don't know. I, you know, I just feel like it's – I like to think I'm a way of life. But you're creating experiences. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I'm bringing. You're transporting people. You're taking them to private islands. You're I'm just bringing putting them... them in a broth of salt water and Eugene Merman. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you gotta you gotta season that broth. Right. You can't just leave it be. Yeah. Sure. I mean, it's. I think I. It's always been. You know, it was the first time I went to Comic Con. 
I went as press, and I brought my first ever intern. At the time, I was literally doing the show by myself. It was me and my intern, Tim. We drove down to San Diego, and I went in there, and I was just like, this is miserable. <laughs> like, this is so smelly. Like, all it is is people selling things. Like, this is no fun at all. Like, is this really the best that we can do, America? Like, for people that love popular culture? Like, is this what it is? Yeah, it, it's like a really crowded swap meet. Like, there's not really a sense of community there. And so I thought there has to be something that I can do that is – that, like, honors what – the kind of values that I have. That sounds really pretentious. But I it mean it sincerely. I mean, I, I mean it sincerely. Like, I, I wanted to make something that, I, that didn't skeeve me out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That would be, like, legitimately great. And um, – and I'm I'm really proud of what the the events that we put on. Like they're totally not for every single person in the world. Like, um, you know, you totally do. You, I mean, you have to pay to go to them, and et cetera, et cetera. But um, I think that it's like a really ma- like people write me and say that it's a really magical experience, and I'm like very touched by it. Also, one guy wrote me and told me he lost his virginity at Max Funcon. That's exciting. Isn't that for awesome? Him? Oh, I'm so was proud he? of him. Uh, he was 14. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I ask that because on an episode of my Thursday show, we all shared the age we were when we lost our virginity, and it turns out all of us were pretty old, but many of us had been lying about it before that over embarrassment. Pretty oh, old really? compared to what I have in my mind as the age that most people lose. Like In my head, I think, oh, people are losing it younger and younger, and da, da, da. but then someone... Listen to the show and send us a link saying, no, actually, a lot of people lose their virginity like in the – I think it was like in the 18 to 20 zone or something, which is sort of where all of us were, plus a little bit for a few of us, if I remember correctly. Um, but then on the Adam Carolla show, Adam was just saying that he feels like the window should be between 15 and a half and 18 and a half for a guy – and after that, Wait, like it should be, I think that's what he was saying. And that like <laughs> after that, it sort of begins to have this deteriorating effect on your confidence and all this stuff, which is, ah. pre- that is perhaps true. I thought you, he was going to say like on your biology, like your junk starts to deteriorate. No, I don't think. No, no, no junk deterioration. But but he did kind of liken it to um, a woman trying to get pregnant, like it's super easy for most women to get pregnant at 25. But if you don't get pregnant that young and then you wait a while, then it becomes like, you know, at a certain point, very difficult to get pregnant. I think he was kind of saying it's like that. Like if you miss your window to lose your virginity, it's going to become increasingly difficult for you to. But I almost wanted to jump in and be like, it's okay, 19 and 20 year olds. It'll be okay. Don't worry, but was, yes, you probably are going to have some low self-esteem because maybe you already do. And that's okay, too. I think my feeling is that I think it is I, – I don't think that sex has to be the hugest deal in the history of your life. I mean, as long as you're not getting anybody pregnant um, or getting pregnant yourself when you're not ready for it. Um, but I, I do think there's really is something to be said for – um, having sex, especially at the beginning, with someone that you legitimately really care about and maybe even love. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I lost my virginity relatively early, but it was to a girl that I was really serious with. Um, and I've only I I've been with my wife since I was um, like seventeen. So now my wife and I uh, lay with each other. <laughs> um, so traditional. Uh, 
<laughs> um, but, you know, that's it. That's, that's a long list of two. You've been with only two people? Uh, I wish I hadn't said it and, in that penis way. Penis and vagina. Yeah. Yeah. You've laid with two. Wow. Yeah. Do you ever um, – stopping myself from asking that question, but I'm going to ask it. No, I'm not. Here I am going back and forth. What I was going to say is – Do I ever is, engage in self-abuse? Yes, I do. Onanism? Yes, I do. No, that's not what I was going to say. Do you – I just wanted to say self-abuse and onanism. I, you don't hear enough onanism references. I know. It's a really good one. These now, are funny ways exactly of saying like masturbate. Putting, These are both masturbating. masturbating? Yeah. I thought maybe it's like putting your penis in a vase or something. <laughs> well, that's how I masturbate. Okay. And I'll tell you what, it's a wide mouth vase. You know, right, guys? Because of my penis? It's a chunky penis. <laughs> Did you know the definition? And I only just learned this. I'm Jesse Thorne from National Hold Public Radio. Don't present this as a definition like Chris is Miriam Webster. All right. Okay. What, is, what does the Chris def- say about, what, how does Chris define what? He defines chode as a <laughs> penis that is wider than it is long. That's how it was defined at my high school. I just Which thought- is the last time anyone ever took the time to <laughs> define it to me. Okay. I mean, it makes sense. If someone were to say chode, do you think of like a girthy cock or do you think of a small one? Thin. I, I would say, stu- I mean, I would go stubby, but I never really thought that. Wider Definitely th- wider than long. Wider than long is what I had heard. But I've also heard people use the word chode to refer to what I would call a taint. Really? The area yeah. between scrotum and I've butthole. I've heard that too. Yeah. And I, that I one. The gooch. There's a ton <laughs> of names for that. Gooch feels more appropriate to me than chode does. Chode seems much more. Yeah. It seems much more fitting for the wide, short penis. Um. Again, I'm Jesse Thorne from National Public Radio. <laughs> yeah. Right? Gooch, Gooch is Gooch. I, it's like you've Gucci. Heard, if Gooch, Gooch seems right. Not like Gucci the brand, but it is Gooch-like. You've heard that area Gooch, is Gooch before or you're just yeah, no, taking definitely, to it? No, I've, heard I've Gooch never before. heard that before. I've gotten that from Jackass. That's where I first heard the term. I like staple my Gooch? Electrocute. Well, more oh, like, yeah. okay. <laughs> it's one of those muscle stimulators. Twas one or t'other. Right. <laughs> Now, how did – oh, yes, we were talking about – oh, yeah, we were talking about the fact that you've been with two women. How, how – What are your feelings about that? What are my feelings about mm-hmm. that? Well, I feel really lucky to be married to my wife, honestly. Like, when you're a dude, to some extent, like, there is some part of you at all times that wants to have sex with every woman – and vase like <laughs> it just like it's that is totally true even for like a relatively tasteful completely monogamous happily monogamous person like me um but it, on the other hand like i am totally comfortable with having traded that for you know for true love you know what i mean like my wife is so awesome um you know, I was just actually – I was just talking with the, the comedian and podcaster Greg Fitzsimmons about this. Like Greg mentioned to me that when he's watching TV with his wife, um, when there's like a love scene on, he like opens his mouth and sticks out his tongue and goes to French her. And I was like, I do that sometimes too with my wife. And like then we bonded over how great our wives were. For thinking that was charming and not horrible. <laughs> I mean, they may think it's a little bit horrible, <laughs> but mo- mostly charming. And so I'm really grateful for that. You know what I mean? So 
I mean, partly, you know, like I, it's, you know, I'm a human man, but, (laughs) but I'm, I'm happy with the choices that I made. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't, you know, like when, when I was 17, I thought there's no possible way that I could ever be with this girl forever. Like that seems crazy to me. Why? Because I was 17. I not, I didn't want to I didn't couldn't imagine anything going on forever. Mm-hmm. I still have a hard time like only this sort of accrued weight of 16 years of us being together has convinced me that um actually maybe this is a normal and permanent thing. Also, you know, like my my parents were divorced and uh, very acrimoniously so. So I, I did not have any strong relationship examples. My wife's parents have been together since they were 18 and wow. are super happy together and loving and like wonderful, happy relationship. Um, and uh, so she's like she's always been totally comfortable with the prospect. Um, but yeah, but it's sort of as time went on, we actually broke up for a little while when I was in college and um, – uh, I like you know like I d- I dated a little bit but um it just I just my heart wasn't in it and I realized like oh I think like I really love Teresa and I would rather just be with Teresa to such an extent that I'd rather be with her even though she's super far away and so I was like that seems like I should just go with that what am I like, why am I coming up with this weird scheme, <laughs> you know, to, like, test it or, like, break it? Like, this actually seems like a pretty decent thing. And so it was hard, like, in college because my wife went to a college far away from me. Um, Where did you each go? I went to UC Santa Cruz, which is uh, the Stanford of the UCs that are in Santa Cruz, California. <laughs> um, and uh, my wife went to Sarah Lawrence, which is mm-hmm. outside New York City. Um, and so, you know, we go back and visit each other and stuff. Um, and, you know, we were both from the Bay Area. So when we were at home visiting, we were with the, you know what I mean? But, um, yeah, I mean, it was just like, you know, my wife also did a semester abroad in Cuba where she couldn't talk on the phone. And um, I literally talked to her on the phone once in four months. And you had to, like, wait in line all day to use the phone. Um, and like Jail. Yeah, it was crazy. It was totally crazy. Um, but and like theoretically, we were broken up during that time. Like we were like, we should break up because this is going to be crazy. But by then, I was just like, what am I going to do? <laughs> Go date some other chick? Like, uh, you know, like I'm I, like, I love this lady. Like, it seems stupid. It's so interesting because I, I remember from when we talked last, you grew up in a like relatively chaotic environment. Your dad <laughs> had PTSD. Yeah. And you went to an arts high school, right? No. Um but and how old were you when your parents divorced? Like 3. So given your upbringing, it's it's interesting to me though that you tend towards and correct me if I'm wrong, stability. Well, I think um I mean, I did, I sort of distrusted it. For a long time. I mean, I distrusted Teresa's family. Not like I felt like they were going to steal my wallet. But every, like I would feel sort of on edge whenever I was at her house. 
because I couldn't figure out like what they were running on each other. You know what I mean? <laughs> like there's no way they're really this nice like yeah, that. Yeah. And um, it turns out they totally are. Like I've known them now for uh, 17 years or 16 years or whatever it is. They are. They are. They're totally just really good people who really care about each other and try and make each other's lives better. Mm-hmm. Um, not that my parents aren't. My parents are too, but uh, in a very different way. And uh, and they don't try and make each other's lives. My parents mm-hmm. don't. My mom doesn't make my dad's life better or vice versa. But they both try and make my life better. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it w- I was weird. It was, I, that's one of the reasons. I mean, my wife and I haven't been married for all that long. We've been married. I should probably know how long we've been married. Probably something like five years. <laughs> I mean, she'd probably appreciate if you knew, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Roughly. Um, I think our anniversary is probably in August. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I one of the reasons that we didn't get married for such a long time was because it seemed crazy to me that everything was okay. Mm. You know what I mean? Were you, like, waiting for a shoe to drop? Yeah. I thought, well, I thought, like, I yeah, I, I felt like at some point the um, – you know, the gig would be up and the, you know, the coppers would come bursting through the door and say, ha ha, you don't deserve happiness. <laughs> Did you ever think that you would destroy it, though? Like, do you have are you self-sabotaging at all? No, because um, I am I mean, I'm self-sabotaging in certain ways. But, you know, like I think because of the because of the because I was my I was my mother's only child and much older than my father's other two children. Um, so I have two two half brothers, but they're much younger than me. Um, I think like I was, uh, you know, I I spent my entire childhood to some extent either taking care of myself or trying to take care of my parents. And so my biggest concern was kind of being out of control. Um, and so that led to me being, I mean, in some ways I'm not conservative at all. I mean, I went to an arts, I was like the, I was like the crazy one at my arts high school. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But, um, I was not the crazy one in the sense that I was like, you know, like I never drank. Um, I never used any drugs because I knew like the, what had happened to my parents, you know? And because also because the idea honestly kind of scared me of not, being, uh, you know, not having a handle on myself. Have you never had a drink? I mean, I've had a drink. Like, I've I've had, like, a, uh, you know, I've taken communion or, like, had a champagne toast at a wedding or something like that. But, um, or, like, I'll, like, taste my wife's cocktail sometimes. But have you, but you've never been drunk? I've never been drunk, no. Do you have curiosity about what the feeling is? Yeah, you know, like, I, um, I, I found out not that long ago, like, a couple years ago that, uh, Ira Glass, my uh, public radio peer, <laughs> he's not my peer at all. He's far above me. Um, but uh, one of my favorite public radio hosts, he didn't start drinking until he was 30. I think it was 30. Um, and I was like, huh, so that's a thing. And I mentioned it to Teresa, my wife. I was like, what if I started drinking now? And she was like, eh, you could. <laughs> She's like, it doesn't seem worth it to me. And I was like, yeah. Yeah, I guess it doesn't seem worth it. <laughs> it's interesting. Yeah, because I would imagine most people's relationship with alcohol, if they are at the point where they have, well, I mean, 
first of all, what is a healthy relationship with alcohol? But let's let's say there is – well, probably your wife has one, it sounds like. Yeah, my wife has a pretty healthy relationship yeah. with alcohol. I mean, she hits me when she gets drunk. But, <laughs> but other than that, she it's tries, She stays away from the family jewels. <laughs> um, but it takes – there's some experimentation to get to that point. Right. And 30 would be a weird time to be doing that. Yeah, well, I mean, I think the whole thing is – I don't know. I, I mean, it would it would just be it would just be an odd like project because it really is a project. Mm-hmm. Like teaching yourself to drink because it's poison, and your body doesn't want it. So teaching yourself to like it is something that usually takes people from age sixteen or whenever they taste their first alcohol to like age twenty five. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? To the point where they're like a sophisticated enough drinker that they can like enjoy the process of drinking rather than just try and get an outcome. Right, because if you're just drinking chick drinks, it's not going to work with your pocket square. No, I would. You know, I would. I like. You know, my, my wife. Uh, my wife likes to drink. You know, a Manhattan or something like that. There's like, there's like things that are essentially chick drinks, but that I could reasonably order. Um, I don't but, feel. I feel like a Manhattan is not that. Really? Yeah, I think a Manhattan is is pretty. Uh, it's reasonably strong. Sweet. It's really? sweet because the vermouth. Yeah. I, anyway, what what I'm saying is there's things there's things that I, I wouldn't feel so crazy like drinking, sipping a cocktail for a long time. You know yeah. what I mean? But um, it just doesn't like it seems like why would I start that now? Like, right? You've made it this far, and it totally ruined my dad's life. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like, it seems like, and my mom's life, she wouldn't say that it ruined her life. But it certainly threw a wrench in things. Mm-hmm. She got a lot more out of it probably than my dad did. But, you know, like it certainly made things a lot more complicated. Like both of my parents only – like it was only when I was a child that my parents sort of what you might say got their lives on track. Mm-hmm. They were The extent to which their lives were off track was sort of different in my father and mother's – but, you know, my mom went to graduate school and became a college professor when I was, when I was uh, 15. Um, she got her first job. Um, and my dad went to business school and, um, started this nonprofit when I was about that age. Um, and so, and they were both older parents. So we're talking about there were in their late forties at that point when they, when they really were on top of stuff. But before that it was a mess. And then again, after, or I think until their late thirties, things were genuinely a mess Mm -hmm. for both of them. How did they get their lives on track? Um, well, my dad got clean and sober. My mom moved from AA. Uh, yeah, and I went to a lot of AA meetings as a kid. That's another reason why I'm hesitant to drink because I've just heard so many like rock bottom stories. Mm-hmm. Like my whole like from age like four to eight is just a long series of of hearing homeless vets because my dad would go to vet AA meetings because uh, he's a veteran and uh, like homeless vets in San Francisco telling rock bottom stories about drinking or using and um yeah so <laughs> so uh yeah so i've heard a lot of like intense stories but my dad my dad got clean and sober um uh when i was a baby um and or or a toddler before i can remember and my mom gets migraines which i also get and uh, alcohol was giving her migraines so she pretty much quit drinking like she'll still once in a while, she'll have a glass of wine, but um, generally she doesn't because it just gives her a migraine mm-hmm. and it's not worth it to her. But she was, a, you know, I mean, she was a very bohemian 
woman of the 1960s. Um, you know, I, I was just, we just did a show. We just did a Jordan Jesse Go show at, um, uh, in Portland and, uh, or no, this was in Seattle. And the daughter of one of my mom's best friends from Washington, D.C., where she was from, um, came and brought a picture of my mom, like, smoking on a bed in front of like a painting that she made on the wall in like 1970 and like my mom looks like she's like ready to go like hang out with Curtis Mayfield you know what I mean like my mom was like a cool lady but that involved just a lot of like at one point my mom my mom got my mom was at jury duty and um she came home we were at dinner and uh Someone else was there with me, someone that was like, it might have been Teresa, um, my wife, but it might have just been a friend of mine. And I was like, how was jury duty? And she's like, oh, I, it was voir dire and I didn't get selected. It and was what? Voir dire. The, oh, yeah. You know, they pick the, and uh, and she's, I was like, oh, well, that's, that's good. And she's like, yeah, they asked, uh, I was up there on the thing and they asked, have you ever, have you ever been arrested for a felony? She said, arrested or convicted? <laughs> And so, like, in D.C., when she lived in D.C., um, she was driving around. Her car got surrounded by cop cars. She got pulled out of the car. Um, They told her she was under arrest. They arrested her for bank robbery. They searched her car. They found, like, uh, it was, like, 250 hits of acid. It was, like, 25 blotter sheets or something. And uh, and so she got – they figured out that she was not the bank robber. She was just driving an identical car, but they had her for the acid. And only because her husband, she, the lawyer came and said, it's unreasonable search and seizure. It was obvious that this woman wasn't the bank robber. She's a woman um, that they, she got off the hook. But I kind of think she was a drug dealer. I kind of think she might have been a cocaine dealer too. Is it, well, I don't it, know. It does, I don't know I that mean, for sure. So would I, you have 250 hits of acid for personal use? No, not at all. Well, though, maybe. It was that, that was the time. Depends. Is Coachella coming up? Or? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Wait, but she, but you know this story because she told Cause you. Because she told it to me because she thinks it's funny. But, I like, mean, it all is. My mom, both of my parents tell me these stories about things that sound sort of like nightmares to me, but they think are funny. And my stepmother too. My stepmother grew up in the Troubles in Northern Ireland, and all of their stories they think they're funny, but they sound so scary and horrible. Like my dad has all these stories about being in the. He, my dad was in the uh, an organizer in the Vets movement. And, um, like being in, like he was telling the story at Thanksgiving once, just at Thanksgiving with my (laughs) aunt in, in Laguna beach, my aunt's house in Laguna Mm -hmm. beach. He tells a story about one, one year they marched in the veterans day parade and they had petitioned every year, but they wouldn't let them march in the veterans day parade. And they finally allowed them to, you know, the VFW guys or whatever, they're like the world war two and Korea guys. And, but they said they couldn't get out of the car. So they got out of the car and they all got the shit kicked out of them <laughs> by the police officers that were there taking care of the parade because they you know they were peace they were peace protest they were all veterans but they were also peace protesters. And my dad told this story like it was like a really funny story like about like all these people getting like like literally almost being killed. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Huh." <laughs> I, I mean, I'm glad you have that perspective, Dad. But <laughs> yeah, it just—it sounds like the common thing in all these stories is that 
the emotion of the person telling it is not matching up to the content of the well, story. I mean, what are you going to do about it? But but to you I know guess, to yeah. both of their credit, they both they both have lives that are like they're both like productive members of society now. So like they're an inspiration to me in that way, like in the sense that all of the mistakes that they made, you know, they really they really chose to to have. And they did a lot of, I mean, I'm very proud of the work that my, the organizing that my dad did, and I'm very proud of my mom. And But they really chose to have, like, their lives, you know, and that their lives should make the world a better place, too. Um, and that's that's very significant. That feels very significant to me that, like, even when my dad was, you know, my dad lived on the street for a while. And, like, even then, um, it was... You know, like he he got his act together and you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that's a very significant thing to me. That's very inspirational to me. Even even if their even if their relationship was a disaster, you know? And I think they both did it in part for me. Like they both the one thing that's always been very clear, even when they were fighting like crazy in, in court, which was like from when I when they got divorced until I was fifteen. Um fighting over money or over custody, you or both? Both, yeah. Um, they, uh, you know, like the one thing that was clear was both of them always wanted to have me and both of them like really loved me. You know what I mean? So it's good you have that. It, I mean, is, it you, is good. I have that. I agree. And it really, really is. And that you, it's the story I always hear is the child of divorce who blames themselves for it. Just because kids sort of automatically think the world revolves around them, so if their parents split up, they think that they must be culpable. Yeah, I mean the thing—the thing for me was, it was definitely not that. I think because they got divorced before, I, I can—I can't even remember when they were together. But um, you know, I certainly, I, I certainly felt like it was my responsibility to, from a very early age, manage my own life in a way that I probably shouldn't have, and that—and that I never felt. And this is something that I've only figured out as an adult, but that to some extent I never felt like I could trust my parents. I trusted my parents to love me and like care for care about me, but because I didn't, because of how crazy it was between them and how unpredictable they both were, in some ways, like I never felt like I could sort of rest on my parents in the way that I depend, think I could depend on them, right? Yeah, in in a way, and so that you know that leads to. You know, that on the one hand, that gave me, you know, I think one of my greatest strengths is, you know, I'm independent. You know, I've started this company and, you know, I started my own public radio show and now it's with NPR. And like I'm one of the, you know, I'm 30, I'm still the youngest NPR host, but I'm like I'm doing my show. I'm the only one that owns their own show, you know. And uh, so it gave me that courage to be that independent person and stuff like that. And I, you know, grew up in the city and wasn't afraid of it and loved it and all that kind of stuff. But on the other hand, it also made me – it made it difficult for me to, like, ask for help and, you know what I mean, like all those things that um, normal people – like, I see my wife can do, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And I so I have to, like – one of the nice things about my, my relationship with my wife is because she has such a different perspective on those kind of things. Like, I can, I can check my, my shit with her and she can be like – you it's okay for you to just like you don't have to be responsible for that you can ask someone else about that like you can you know what i mean you don't have to take everything on yourself you know Do, were there situations where you forgot and you did tr- you know try to rely on your parents and it didn't work out 
<laughs> well, I mean, I like I said, the the main, the main, like the greatest challenge in my life uh, is probably still is my migraines, and um, you know my uh, you know, my mom get, gets migraines still. Um, much less than she did before she went through menopause, but but still gets them. Um, my dad, I honestly, I don't think when I was in when I was in middle school into high school, I don't think he really. It's hard to say like he didn't believe that they were real, because I think he believed they were some kind of real, <laughs> but he didn't. Um, it's very difficult. It's a it's a condition that's very difficult to convey to somebody who doesn't get it. You know, it's like when you hear from people who have fibromyalgia, mm-hmm. you know, or other kinds of chronic pain. Like it's it's a very difficult difficult thing to or or um, uh, chronic fatigue syndrome or something like that. Like it sort of seems vaguely. It seems like made up. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and plus, I think a lot of people misuse the term migraine just to mean bad headache. Yeah, and um, and so, you know, like I I was a disaster until. You know, until late in high school, I would say. Um, and, like, I didn't graduate from middle school. I was a poor student in high school. And not, like, a horrible student. Like, I have, I was had a high aptitude. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I was, my teachers wanted me to be an A student, and I was a B-minus student, you know. My teachers expect. Right, like, you weren't up to your potential. Public school in San Francisco, not, not known for being challenging. <laughs> Uh, I should have been an A student, but I wasn't because I never did any homework and and I missed so much school mm-hmm. and because part, of the migraines. I think part of that was a significant part of that was because of the migraines and and I just when I it came down to when I was at my dad's house, which was half the time, and I got a migraine, I just wouldn't tell him because it was not worth like I it was easier for me just to take that on myself mm-hmm. and deal with it myself than to ask for help, which is like. You know, like when I have a migraine, I need. Yeah, help. I mean, I'm because don't you kind of doesn't it knock you off your feet pretty much? I basically I mean, you need to lay down, right? I would be, I would be in, I would literally be in my bed, like a two level house, and I my room was in the basement level, and um, I would just be in bed crying. Mm. <laughs> How old were you when you got your first one? Like ten, nine and or ten. What did you think was happening? I don't remember. I just I I remember that I I just I remember going to the doctor. I remember going to the pediatrician about it um, when I was that age, and I remember the various pediatric neurologists that I went to afterwards. And it was always it's going to get better after you become a teenager, mm-hmm. but it did not. <laughs> if anything, it's worse now than it was then. Why did they think it would? Do you know, it does for a lot of people. Um, you know, a lot of, a lot of people who get it before adolescence, cause it's, they don't uh, really understand it, but they know that, you know, those kind of hormonal changes mm-hmm. do have a big impact. Like why, that's why my mom stopped getting them 85% of the time because after she right, the went through menopause. And a, a migraine is the, it's something dilating in the brain, right? That's what they thought. Um, but now they think that's not true. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> it's they yeah, they had this like this this like working theory and then I recently learned that that has been uh, it had Debunked. to do with uh it had to do with blood vessels dilating and constricting. Um and they don't think that's it anymore. Uh they really now they're back to zero. They genuinely don't know what causes it. But there is medication. Like the medication that I take 
um, works. It has side effects. In fact, I took it today. Mm-hmm. Um, when you take it when you feel one coming on. Yeah. And um, I had a pretty bad one today. Um, but it has side effects. Like even right now, like it is, it is hard for me to get to, uh, to finish sentences exactly the way that I intend to when <laughs> mm-hmm. I start them. Um, and, uh, you know, it's like, and as an adult, it's hard, it's even harder because I can't just like not show up for work cause I own my own business. You know, like there's no right. not showing up for work. What do you take for them? It's called Maxalt. But there's a whole family of of medications called triptans, um, uh, the most famous of which is Imitrex, which was the first one. Mm-hmm. And I just think the one thing about migraines is that I would really strongly say, because I know that you have a lot of listeners, and especially a, uh, a lot more women get migraines than men, and I know you have a lot of lady listeners. Um, if you get chronic headaches of any kind, um, you know, if you get them regularly or if you get them so severely that they debilitate you, um, even if you're only getting them a couple times a year or something like that, talk to your doctor about it because the triptans work for now it's something like 85% of people. Mm-hmm. And that is like the, there's like a line in my life where when those came on the market when I was like 16, I didn't become a perfect student or anything or like, you know, but it's the line between, uh, Jesse is a total disaster. <laughs> Jesse's life is a total disaster to Jesse's life is pretty together. And I think a lot of people, because it doesn't show and because especially for women, it's like, uh, you know, it's like seems like hysterical yes. or, it seem, you know, it fits into those kind of stereotypes of women being malingers or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, people are afraid to go to the doctor and ask for help. Um, but there is treatments that work really great. And also, they'll double check that you don't have some other condition that's causing it. That could be, you know, even worse that you that you want to get double checked. Do you get like tunnel vision and aura? I don't and all get that, that many of those things. Like a lot of people, um, classic migraine. The the other symptoms besides the pain are like uh, blinky lights or tunnel vision or whatever, um, nausea, um, tinglys, uh, you know, just various uh, you know neurological stuff. Mm-hmm. When it's real bad. I get nauseous. I get kind of shaky, not like uh, shake, 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 tremors, but like but yeah. yeah, sort of weaky. Weak. And um, I get some weird spotty stuff, but not not that not not that much. Not compared to a lot of people I know who get headaches. My mom gets like a tick in her eye mm-hmm. before she gets a headache. That's how she knows she's going to get a headache. For me, it's just I start getting a pain in my head. Yeah. <laughs> Is it hereditary? I hope you're. It is. Yeah. No. It. it totally is. And I'm worried that my son's going to have it. My wife doesn't have it, but her father has it, and it runs in my dad's family as well. My dad didn't get it, but um, I found out that my grandmother did when I was a when she was uh, very old. My mom was, and my sister both have it. I've been terrified for years that it's going to kick in for me. Yeah. Well, you're a grown up now. You're you're pretty safe. I'm I'm more comfortable now, but like when I was in college, it really it freaked me out because it'll it would before they both found the right medication for them. Like, one of them would get a migraine, and they'd just be down for, like, at least a day, sometimes longer. And it wasn't – it was just sit in a dark room and don't move. Yeah, and it's – you know, it's a lot of people with – they say it's like, uh, you know, when you have migraines, it's like having a sensitive brain. It's the you, the brain of a migraineur, which is the person who gets migraines. They It wants uh, it wants homeostasis. It wants things to remain the same. And it is it, – when certain things change, and it's different for every person – it it has a kind of crazy apeshit response to that, and um, 
you know, like for me, raw onions. Really? <laughs> yeah. Like I have to remember to hold the onions on everything. I like onions too. Onions, Raw onions and garlic, caffeine, uh, sleep, stress, especially after stress, which is really common, mm-hmm. um, the letdown from stress rather than the stress itself. Those are all the things that trigger them? Yeah. Raw onions, eating them or just smelling them? Eating them or rubbing them on myself. <laughs> I haven't tried rubbing them on myself. I'm just – I'm assuming that. Probably. It seems like that would cause me – right? Rubbing if a raw you, onion on yourself? If you got super oniony, like if you rubbed it yeah. on your chode. <laughs> or your gooch? Yeah, sure. Do you have a dog? I have two dogs. You know what you need for your dog? What kind of dogs do you have? I have terrier chihuahua mixes. What are their names? Coco and Sissy. Oh, that's cute. You know what you need for them? What do you I need? need? Bark box. What's Bark Box? Is this a is this like a mail order service where I get exciting dog products? Yes. Do you already know about it, or are you just guessing that that's what it is? So Don't I've, even answer that. That's what it sounds like. It is. I, I want to know. know what you get it's, in it. it. Each month, you get a Bark Box containing four to six awesome, fully sized things for your dogs, and it could be toys, it could be gadgets, it could be treats. Uh, usually it's some combination of them. And the thing is, all the things that you get in your BarkBox have been tested by the BarkBox office dogs. Because at I have to go visit BarkBox because at all times there are adorable dogs running around the office <laughs> testing the things that they send you. So they've been thoroughly vetted. And BarkBox is committed to the cause of homeless dogs. As a rule, they give 10% of their revenue to local rescues and shelters across the U.S. and Canada. But they they have a goal in 2014, which is to give a million dollars. So you can help them get to your goal, to their goal. And you can uh, surprise your your dog with awesome stuff that arrives right to your door. Uh, and you guys can save 20% on your new subscription by visiting BarkBox.com slash best friend. Again, that's BarkBox.com slash best friend. Go there to save 20%. Okay, let's quickly do Just Me or Everyone. Sometimes I ponder on something I have thought or done. Is it just me or everyone? All right. Ken Gunther says, when bathing, if the bar of soap gets small, I get a new one since I believe it is stale. Flat, no bubbles, just me or everyone. Um, I don't do this. However, just today I was trying to lather up with a, like a soap shard and I was like, I'm having trouble. Maybe I should just get a whole new bar of soap. Can I tell you, we used to have a sponsor on one of our shows, My Brother, My Brother and Me, I think called Stack Soap. We've had that over here, too. You've had that? Yeah. It is a soap designed specifically with, a, with like, a hole in it so that when you get down to the, when you get down the to the, the slim, the slim pickings, mm-hmm. the, next, the next soap has a hole in it so you can stick your slim pickings right into the hole. No more wasted soap shards. It I seems kind like, of love that. Seems like a to. lot of work to get there. I was doing but, that. I was doing that long before Stack Soap came along. I, in college and, like, a Shortly thereafter, when I used bar soap, when I got down to the end, I would get a new one, but then I would save the shard, and then after like six of those, I had a whole new bar that was just there, how, there's money saved right there. Yeah, that's how like did, you save two ninety nine. Well, right there. you just like you with just water take, you or take with a lighter. Hot, you take like a hot shower, and they like get a little soft because they're small, and then with water, you just like mush them all together like you're the Hulk, and you feel really strong. You know what I lament sometimes? What do you lament sometimes, Allison? This is not an ad. It sounds like it, but some of my favorite soaps 
are the super detergenty, strong smelling ones like I don't know, like Lever two thousand or Irish Spring. You or... just use borax, don't you? <laughs> I use Cascade. Twenty mule team. <laughs> But all those soaps that you get near the box and you can smell it, I like I like the smell of all those. But all those are like way too harsh for me, so I just use um, super boring, unscented for sensitive skin soap. I just pour Clorox on myself. Smart. Yeah. All right. Laura Wilhite says, "Just me or everyone? Even at home, I like eating yogurt and ice cream with a plastic spoon." Just you. That sucks. Yeah, that's absolutely just you. That's whack. I feel like I feel as if Daniel and I did this somewhat recently. I think we went to Pinkberry, which is something we don't do very often. Well, and that, by the way, it wasn't Pinkberry. I'm remembering it was that horrible place that we've talked about. Yogurtland. Yes, that's something I'll do too. Though, like I'll go to Yogurtland or Frog or wherever, and I'll bring it home and I'll eat it with the plastic spoons in the bag because it's right there and no problem. But I'm not going to break out some ice cream out of the fridge put it into a bowl, and go find a plastic spoon. Can no, I, that can, I wouldn't either. Can I tell you something about the frozen yogurt industry Please. and the lies they tell you? I mean, tell Gary, because he's the one who's all about the frozen yogurt. Gary, lock in with me here. All right, let's do it. I just read an, <laughs> I just read an article in either New York Magazine or the New York Times. I can't remember which. It was about the death of uh, the frozen yogurt explosion in New York City. But the one thing that I did not know when I read this was apparently all of the frozen yogurt chains – get their frozen yogurt mix from the same company. It's like the cosmetics of frozen treats. Yeah, it's just the same. It is literally the same product with a different name. But it, but that For can't in, include Pinkberry, can it? Because that has a different taste. But, Although it tastes like Yogurtland, kind of. But yeah, Yogurtland, is, it, they're, all, they're, all not, they're all the same thing. It's a division of Yoplait. Wow. Yeah, I a know. A yogurt monopoly. Yeah, Blow it's for real. Blow the lid off this. I know. Foil lid. It's the same thing with sunglasses. Really? Yeah, everyone gets their sunglasses mixed from the same company. It's a division <laughs> of Yoplait. No, there's a company called Luxottica that licenses ev- almost like they control like I can't remember. It's like 85 or 90 percent of the uh, uh, sunglass industry in the United States. Eyeglasses as well um, because they license every. So like if you if you buy whatever Giorgio Armani sunglasses. Mm-hmm. They're not made by Giorgio Armani. They're made by Luxottica, who licenses the name. And Luxottica licenses essentially every fashion brand that there is. And they also produce Ray-Bans um, as well as a few other, uh, a few other eyeglasses-specific brands. Yeah. I, I actually I can confirm this. And I, I found out because I randomly met the guy who does all their design, oh. like their head designer. The guy who controls the sunglasses. Pretty much. Like, I bet yeah. that guy's got some eyeglasses, huh? Yeah. I asked him what he did, and he kind of he kind of said, I designed some stuff. And then he was playing – we were all playing golf, and I had gotten randomly paired up with him. And the kid he was playing with was more my age. And when we got, like, kind of alone, he was like, yeah, he'd never admit it, but this is what he actually does. And it was just – it sounds like this guy is, like, one of the most powerful people in fashion. Or I bet he owns his own island. He was, he was not hurting for dough. Yeah, with cosmetics, I believe I don't I don't know exactly who ma- who sells what and makes what. It's Yoplait. It's Yoplait. Uh, it's flesh colored yogurt mm-hmm. that you rub on your face. Um, yeah, I I believe Estee Lauder or Lancome. Um, it's like one company basically that that m- they all get it from the same company. Right. Yeah. All right. But Ashley anyway, Kirk the, says the point. The point is for Lura, which is her name. Yeah, you are destroying your at-home eating experience 
How can you? How could you even eat ice cream with a plastic spoon out of your freezer? I mean, yeah, you break your spoon, break your spoon right off. Craig Williams, give yourself a luxury experience. (laughs) Craig Williams, yeah, get a bespoke spoon, silver spoon. Craig Williams says, "Does anyone else hate it when you think you've found a sweet parking spot, but a fucking motorcycle is there?" Yes, I hate that. Yeah, of course. Or there's like a. Uh, like a small car behind a giant a car in the parking car or something, lot. Yeah, it's the worst. They should have to put up some flag off their car indicating like a, that they're in a spot or something. Like, like how a recumbent cars. bicycle has that flag that goes up in the air. Yes, yeah. just like that. Yeah. Ashley Kirk says, "Just me or everyone? When a neighbor is having a party and within earshot, I always hope for a spur of the moment invite. Yes, <laughs> and it has never ever happened to me. I have these neighbors. I yes. swear to God, I don't know which neighbors it is. It's not on either side of me directly. I think I live on sort of a ravine. I think it might even be all the way on the other side of the ravine. Lately, they have been having full on rock and roll concerts." And I kind of think that's a little over the top. I do too. Right? Residential neighborhood having a rock and roll concert? What, but do you recognize the band? Have you Shazammed it? It was the Black Keys. <laughs> I don't know who the bands are. I'm sure, it's, I'm sure it's local bands. The bands are not that horrible. But it's like maybe they're having you can't some kind of just, sunset junction, junction You can't right there. have a rock concert at your house. That's, that's too much. At the very least, it should be in the afternoon and not at 2 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, that's annoying. Residential neighborhood. A house near us has these parties where they have valet. And I feel <laughs> that's how I know they're having a party because there are valet people out on the side. And one time I saw someone transporting like a shit ton of ice into their house. I went to a party at Russell Simmons' house and they had valet. It was the first time I'd ever been to a, a party with valet. How was, was the like, party at Russell Simmons' house? That was a little weird. I mean, I don't. I didn't really know Russell Simmons. Um. I had only been inv- I knew the co-author of his book. It was a book party. Oh. And uh, so we didn't really know. I didn't really know anyone there except the people I came with, the producers on my show. So it was cool to see Russell Simmons' house. And there was a lot of, uh, you know, there was a lot of beautiful black people there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I did. I saw J.B. Smoove there. Oh, he's funny. And I don't know J.B. Smoove at all. Uh, but I just think J.B. Smoove's awesome. So I just said to my producers, guys, I'm going to go talk to J.B. Smoove. I don't, like, I'm just going to walk up to him and tell him how much I love Pootie Tang. <laughs> and it worked. If you're ever wondering, is J.B. Smoove happy to talk about how great Pootie Tang is? He totally is. J.B. Smoove loves Pootie Tang, too. He's, he wants to talk about how great Pootie Tang is. He'll be delighted to know. speak with you. Now you know. Yeah. The more you know about J.B. Smooth at <laughs> Russell Simmons' house, there's a naked picture of Naomi Campbell in his bathroom. Really? Yeah. It's, not, it's autographed to him. What else? What other secrets does it's that house hold? It's got a Bosque out in the front hallway. Wow. Yeah. How big is it? He has so many trophies. Try that on for size. Okay. This guy has like a thousand trophies, Russell Simmons. And there were a couple of the trophies where it was like – it was just like trophies that a guy gave him. You know what I mean? Like, like not, not he had him. like He had like a Peabody, which is like the most prestigious broadcasting award you can win. You know, he had like Emmys and stuff and tons of Grammys obviously and gold records. And But then he had just like a business mogul award hmm. that seemed like it was just from a guy. <laughs> Like a guy just said, hey, Russell, I made you this award. 
The funny thing is that when you said he has so many trophies, honestly, I was picturing like the trophy. No, like the trophy I got for tennis for good sportsmanship. Right. <laughs> I was just picturing various people in athletic poses made out of gold on little fake marble plaques. Like you mean award trophies? Yeah, he uh, absolutely. He, and, and this other thing. He is business. a good sport, though. I interviewed him on my, on my show. He's he really he's ready to push his product. But uh, he's, like, magnetic. Like, you can see immediately how he became a quajillionaire or whatever mm-hmm. he is. That's what I've been noticing lately about superstars when you meet them in – or maybe not superstars, but what's, what, what's right below superstars? Stars. stars. No, but they're more than just stars. They're more than celebrities for sure. They're, like, like superstars or household names or whatever. Is that even if you don't particularly like their work or whatever, when you meet them in person, you're like, oh, that's how you got to that place. Like they're right. like, they're usually people who, when they smile, you feel better. Yeah. There's just something so magnetic about them when and charismatic the, and really like that puts you at ease. When I smile, it makes people uncomfortable. I was just thinking about that earlier today. Were you really? Yeah. True story. Is this true? It's absolutely true. What made you think of that? Uh, I was thinking think about that? how comfortable it made me when Arsenio smiled at me. And I was thinking about how I think if I smiled as broadly and openly as he did, it would make people uncomfortable. Maybe that's why you're no Arsenio. I know. That's why, that's why uh, he's, he's a television legend and my television shows have been canceled in a episode <laughs> and uh, six months, respectively. <laughs> Samuel Barton says, too lazy to fold the laundry, so I just put it through the wash again in hopes that I will feel like it next time. Oh, my God. I'm so not that way. <laughs> what does that even mean? I don't even understand what he's saying. He just takes it out of the dryer, I'm, I'm guessing, puts it in his laundry basket, and then just washes it. Like, it never makes it out of the basket. It just goes right back. But he's just, at the end of all that, he's just back where he started. Yeah, he's just delayed it for it's a while. It's just a way of pumping himself up. Like he just gets some time to pu- get himself pumped. I mean, it's you're, you're, you're just putting a lot pile of, in the corner. It's a lot of wear on your clothes. Here's yeah. the thing, Samuel: you don't have to fold it. Just stuff it into a drawer, or pot, put it on the floor. What well, like he, I do? Yeah, Here's the other thing: real. you're mental. <laughs> I don't like this Barton. All right. Between Barton and Lura, they're plastic spoons. Mm-mm. No, I ma'am. still like you guys. Sadie says, when a server ticket taker, server or ticket taker says, enjoy your meal or movie, I often say, you too, and get embarrassed like 40% of the time. That's not just you. No. 40% seems a little high, but uh, no, I've, I do that often, and then I'm like, Ooh. Yeah. Um, they don't even get to eat, I don't think. But how many I don't times, know how exactly how many how times in a shift do you think a ticket taker hears that? All the time. All the time. It doesn't even phase them. I mean, I do that too, and I feel bad, but- I don't think that it really messes with them. I don't like the what's up, good, how are you, or how you doing, not much, what's up. You know, like that one where you just answer their question with the wrong, as if you heard the wrong thing, because I mm. do that all the time. Um, but I'm loving Sadie's avatar picture, if I'm seeing that correctly, which is, is that a koala bear and another koala bear? It's harkening back to my favorite book when I was six. K is for koala. All right. Oh. I wonder if that book is still around. You know, the title of that book, it's funny because it's true. I know. Yeah. And it is about koala. Yes. Is that two koalas? That's fucking cute. I feel like that's straight I, out of K for koala. I think they're koalas, but I'm not. If you had gone, they're adorable bears of some sort. I'm not a bear guy. Those are koalas. If you had gone to the grade school that I went to and went to the library and pulled out K's for koala and then pulled out the little library card because this was way before computers. This is 
barely invented movable type, um, you would have found my name over and over because I checked and checked and checked that book out, then rechecked it out. It sounds like a good book. Do, I do you think it. there's <laughs> Do you think there's an audio version? For, I know on audiblepodcast.com slash BFF. I mean, I doubt it. But you could click through Amazon, click through the banner on my website, AllisonRosen.com, and see if you can get Chaos for Koala. I, I want, I'm doing that as soon as this show ends. So, uh, okay, WW Leader Amy says, Just mirror everyone, hate cars with thumping bass, but think it's my duty to roll down windows and share classic go-go's with the world. That's funny. I, 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 I have always been an advocate of loud music cars. I once got uh, I once got a ticket in Santa Cruz for having my music too loud. Really? And I was just really happy that he didn't hear. It was a rap song by a group called The Coup, who are from Oakland, California, and are uh, communist revolutionaries. And the song was about how much they hate policemen. Oh yeah, you're lucky. And I don't think he heard that. Uh, he was just he just uh, didn't believe that I lived in the neighborhood that I lived in. And I think he was surprised when he pulled over in El Camino. And found a uh, dandy young white man in it. <laughs> Wait, have you been a dandy always? Uh, well, not. I mean, in in the neighborhood that I grew up in, I would have got my ass beat if I was a dandy dandy. I mean, I'm not saying you're a dandy now. I'm saying you were in a pocket square and a linen jacket. I had to. It's, it was a fine line. In the neighborhood I grew up in, it was a fine line to be sort of gay and white enough that I was ignored, uh, but not so gay and white that I... Uh, picked up attention like i had to be gay and white enough that it was clear that there was not going to be i was not going to be repping any sets you know i was neither norteño nor sureño i wasn't you know what i mean like i had to be that guy like i it had to be clear that i wasn't trying to be down (laughs) but it also had to be not it did couldn't draw too much attention to me right it was a delicate balancing act all right michael ruiz says when i hear a plane flying overhead part of me fears they are dropping a bomb i have never lived in a war-torn country yes i have that too i just think what if what if a hundred percent i also uh anytime i hear anything that could be gunshots i assume it's gunshots now granted there were a lot of gunshots when i was growing up (laughs) so you actually know because i hear just a loud thing and i think is that a gunshot i'm also i've never actually heard it i'm also very afraid of people breaking into my house uh, but one time when I was little, like a uh, crackhead broke into our house. <laughs> so these aren't paranoid fears. They're just well, they are paranoid fears. Like I don't think anybody's breaking into my house right now. But um, uh, but they do. I mean, I also I also worry that they're going to drop a bomb on me every time a plane flies over. So that's never happened. Yeah, that's that's Did not. The crack, were you there when the crackhead broke in? I was, but I, I was way in the back of the house. My mom was in the front of the house. She ran him out of the house. And down the street. My wow. mom is a badass. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he was just trying to grab some whatever, you know. He wasn't trying to shoot anybody or whatever. Right. Abe Lopez says, no matter how many times I see or spell them, February and Wednesday never look quite right to me. Yes. Let's change it to February and Wednesday. And by that, I mean F-E-B-U-A-R-Y and W E N D. Let's see when S D A Y. Let's just change them because I don't say February and I don't say Wednesday. You know what? No one does. I'm out on this one. I'm not with you on this one. You like them the way they are. I believe. I think you have to stand for something. 
You know what I mean? And you stand for Wednesdays in February? I feel like I put a lot of effort okay. into, into buying into those and remembering Wednesday in February, just as I did library instead of library. Yeah. I, like, I dedicated whole chunks of my life to remembering those things. All right. I won't, I won't change them on you then. No. Thank you. I did something that was unpleasant the other day. Um, I was trying to tweet out. So I uh, interviewed Chrissy Teigen for Bon Appetit magazine, and I was trying to. What's Chrissy Teigen? Oh, she's a really funny model, which I know that those words don't normally go together. But she's the wife of John Legend, and she's super into cooking, and she's on Twitter, and her tweets are really funny. She can stick it in her ear as far as I'm concerned. Which part of it? It's the whole thing. It's too much. She was also on. He's off the throttle, lady. She was also just on um, Inside Amy Schumer. She's been. And Gee she's whiz. A, Get a load of that lady. Sports Illustrated cover model. and She's a bit of all right. I kind of feel like it, if you look like that. But she, do you follow her on Twitter, Gary? Yeah, she's hilarious. Yeah, she's really funny. Anything, anything above and beyond that is being a dick. Like, I feel like if you're as good looking as yeah, that. Yeah, I know. She's got all those things low. going you gotta for her. you got to lay low in the other departments. Yeah. You're right. And yet I like her more because she's funny. Yeah. Did you, did you, was, she, was she a nice person to talk to? She was. She was really nice. I, I don't actually think that she shouldn't be smart and funny. No, and I stuff. know what you I mean. Yeah. No, she's really makes nice. Makes me feel bad because I'm not very, you know, it's like, I don't have, I don't have, you know, I'm trying she's to She's got the opposite really of your smile probably. That, you know I mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she's. I mean, I've to be fair, I've, I, I, from, I saw the picture from far away. I've got a little bit of a better rack, but you don't flaunt it as much, though. No, absolutely not. Because you have it. That's it's got taste, yeah. yeah. So anyway, I tried to tweet out the link, and I did something which Adam is always bitching about, which normally I would think doesn't apply to me because it's not a problem I have. I fucking misspelled her fucking name three times. I was very tired. It was late or maybe it was early. I can't remember. I feel like there was other things happening, but I was just like – it was one of those things where I'm like, oh, I should tweet this out. And I just did it without checking the spelling of Tegan because I don't think of myself as someone who always needs to check the spelling of something like, oh, I got this. Spelled it wrong. Everyone's like – How is it spelled? It's T – Don't fuck this up. I-E-G-E-N. Unless it is T E I G E N. It's that one. It's T E I G E N. But you know what it isn't? It's definitely not T I E G A N, which is the one I did first. So a lot of people tweeted at me like you you know, great, but you messed up her name. But you mean and then they tweeted the right Chrissy you know, the right at this. So I was like, Oh, damn it. Erase that one, tweeted it again, and I didn't acknowledge that I was re doing it again you know i was just like i chatted with chrissy Teigen about food for bon appetit and that time i flipped the ie but i still did an (laughs) so now i'm looking real stupid to her and to the magazine right and to everyone else did you spell bon appetit right (laughs) yes (laughs) i think i don't know and so then ask her she speaks perfect french (laughs) Then I find then on the third time I went trying this again, and I think that one was right, but it was ugh. You got at that point you got to copy and paste. 
From where, though? From a reputable source. From where? Yeah, the internet. Google Google will correct it automatically for you. Yeah, but I was so busy copying and pasting my other tweet and just changing it. You're right. <laughs> yeah, that's that a good is point. an unreasonable thing to think uh, that you should go to Google. The thing is, is you think wait, Google can fuck you. What I should have done is copied and paste. No, that's true. When you, I mean, sure it is, but when you're googling a person, their website and their Twitter comes up. What I should have done was googled all the tweets that were. I mean, copied and pasted the tweets that were were telling me. The correct spelling of her name. Oh, you mean this. Can I suggest something here? An assistant? I know. (laughs) (laughs) No, what? That's Hollywood's answer to everything. (laughs) I know. Arsenio was dictating things to his assistant who was typing them into his phone. I'm like, I'm I'm thinking and sitting uh, And again, I want to make it clear. Arsenio was so great. Like, what a nice guy. Like, brilliant guy, et cetera. But- I'm just thinking, wouldn't it be easier for you to just type that into your phone? <laughs> like, it's You could just hold it. Mm-hmm. It's fine. You know how to hold a phone. Nope. Not for Arsenia. What were you going to suggest, I though? I was going to say that, there, that basically that there are a lot of different choices, and you just should have gone with – just think of the choices that you made, the series of choices that you made, and then think of all of the other choices. You should have gone with one of all of the other choices. Right. There's a long list of ways you could have handled this that are right. I know. I just didn't opt for It doesn't matter which one of those you you chose. The problem was you chose none of those. I got fucked by the E-N, which I assumed was an A-N. It's a stupid name. The woman has a stupid name. (laughs) I'm not going to. I like her name. She seems like an amazing woman, and I'm I'm glad that the two of you are friends. Um, I, mean, I, she sounds, I want to be her friend. I don't know that she knows who I am, although she's pro- she's she's like, who's this idiot who's fucking up my name? She seems like a regular Gina Davis when it comes to like, oh, come on, give me a break. Another accomplishment. Yeah. But um, but she even she probably has to admit that her name is spelled in a dumb way. I mean, I imagine other people have been hamstrung on her name before. If your name is Tegan, spell it the Tegan and Sarah way. Done. Oh. T-E-G-A-N. Boom. Done. That one no never must, even occurred no to me. It would have been too easy. No muss, no fuss. You're right. I have a problem when, when something involves cutting and pasting more than once. I've got one cut and paste in me per thing. Right. For example. I actually hear that. I hear that. For example, here's a, here's a real. Give me an EG. EG. Copying and pasting someone's email address and copying and pasting the body of the email for example, if you're sending spam, I'm not saying you're sending spam. I'm saying you're sending. It could be like it could be anything. Your resume, because be you don't want to work be... here anymore. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I know. No, I, I'm agree. You I'm with you 100. You want to just copy and paste the email with the and and then get and somehow out... get the email address when you paste in the email. Yes, I agree. I know exactly what you're talking about in that context and in the context of Twitter. Especially in the context of Twitter, because Twitter should be easy. Twitter, yeah. the point of Twitter is that it's bounded so that you can't, so that it's not not challenging. And when you start, when you make a mistake, you're already so upset with yourself because mm-hmm, it's already out there. And then you got to get it back, and then you make a different mistake. It's horrible. 
This whole situation. Yeah, I didn't even correct it on Facebook. I'm like, I can't. I can't. You can't cannot get, get it back. There's four different – on Facebook right now, there's four different spellings of that poor woman's name. The poor, beautiful, beautiful. married to John Legend's woman's name. I who's know. A hilarious and on Inside Amy Schumer. And she's on the cover of, I think, Cosmo this month. I'm available for any of those things. I'm willing to be on the cover of Cosmo. I'm willing to be on Inside Amy Schumer. I'm willing to marry John Legend, <laughs> if that's what it takes. If you are going to be on the cover of Cosmo, you're going to have to do something about all your body hair, assuming that you have a whole bunch of it. I don't know. Photoshop. Well, okay. Is there another or option? You, yeah, you could commit and you could get the No-No Pro. No, no, Pro is a little portable device about the size of a cell phone, and you just glide it along your skin, and it removes the hair. And they said that it is painless, and I was like, I don't, I don't know about that. I feel everything, but then I did it, and not only is it painless, you don't even feel it at all, and it removes the hair. And the more you use it, the less you need to use it because the hair grows back at a slower rate. Uh, and you don't have to save so excuse me you don't have to waste your money on expensive laser hair removal appointments or waxing or things that are messy and smelly and inconvenient and expensive no you need no no pro cuz then you could just take the hair off yourself uh, it's 35% stronger than before because more and more men are using their wives or girlfriends no no so no no said hey hey dudes have a no no pro this is for you but actually, both it's it's for both men and women. Thirty-five uh, percent stronger than before. Up to five treatment levels to customize your treatment. And something that I love about the Nono Pro is that it has this little panel. It, it it used to be opaque, but they've changed it and they've made it clear. So as you're gliding it along your skin and removing the hair, you can see it as it's happening. So if you're a curious person who wants to watch a little show of hair removal, Nono Pro. Has you covered. Uh, you get weeks of long-lasting results. And there's, it works on all skin types, all hair colors, safe and effective for men and women. And there's a special offer for you guys. You get the Nono Pro device. You get an exclusive facial kit. You get a very snazzy travel case. If you order online, you get a free gift card. And the entire purchase is backed by Nono's triple guarantee. If you're not 100% satisfied, they'll refund the purchase price, refund the shipping, and even pay for you to ship it back to them. You don't risk a penny to try Nono today. Call for details. Terms and conditions may apply. Here's where you go to get this exclusive offer. Go to nonoprobestfriend.com or call 800-336-1665. Again, that's nonoprobestfriend.com or call 800-336-1665. All right. Jesse. That's going to help me achieve my dream to be a slick and smooth as a slip and slide. That's right. Perfect. Just Perfect no no just for you. no no pro myself and water Sneak. it down. <laughs> there water you go. Down. Water it down. I made a promo code for you. What is it? $50 off boatparty.biz. The code is Rosen. I wish I had known that earlier. I would have been saying it up and down, left and right. Well, I should have said it earlier, but I made it. Anybody who's listening to this, you can get 50 bucks off your registration if you use the code ROSEN. I chose ROSEN instead of Allison because I figured people might get confused about the number of L's and S's. They would. Yeah, so I chose chose ROSEN. Thank you. Okay, so so go to (laughs) boatparty.biz. Brain wants to say something else. Go to boatparty.biz. Boatparty.triplex is a whole other thing. Yeah, boatparty.biz. And uh, if you want $50 off, use the promo code ROSEN. Where do they do? Will, will it be easy for them to figure out where to enter the promo? Oh, code? absolutely! And you know, there's like even if whether you're coming by yourself, you're coming with other people. Like it's a it's very affordable. 
it, and it's just it's like super fun. It's just so so. It's like something that you should just be like, fuck it. I'm just going to do this. This is this is a me thing. I want to do this. You should. It sounds you like should a come. me thing. So, I mean, it also doesn't sound like a me thing, but a little bit it does sound like a me thing. Um, Jesse Thorne, it has been delightful. It's Thank an you honor so and a pleasure, as, as per usual, for doing my show. Um, okay, so, but where where should everyone go to find you? People should go if they want to come on the cruise. Boatparty.biz, MaximumFun.org is the home of Jordan Jesse Go, my comedy show, on which you have been a guest. I have yes. a delightful guest. Thank you. I should add. Thank you. Um, more than once? Have you been on twice? No, we recorded the show twice that day, and it came out once. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I screwed up the recording. That's Sorry right. about that. That's okay. Allison. I enjoyed um, it both times. But uh, people, you know, you can go in that, go on iTunes and grab the Allison Rosen episode. That's if you're right. an Allison Rosen fan, you can check it out that way. Um, but Jordan Jesse goes my comedy show, and then I host a show on NPR called Bullseye, which is on many public radio stations around the country. Or you can grab it for free in iTunes. And uh, awesome public radio pop culture guests, in-depth interviews with, this week is John Oliver and Arsenio Hall. Very For cool. example. For example. I, E-G. E-G. And on Twitter, at Jesse Thorne. Yeah, J-E-S-S-E-T-H-O-R-N. All right. And you can follow me on Twitter, at Allison Rosen. And you can follow the show's Twitter feed, at A-R-I-Y-M-B-F. We have a ringtone available. Hey, 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 go fuck yourself. Get this by searching Hey Go Fuck Yourself on your iPhone in the iTunes store. We have a special bonus episode available recorded live at the L.A. Podcast Festival with Doug Benson and Matt Costa and a bunch of the Thursday crew. And then we have the one from the year before with Doug Benson and Greg Proops. I recommend getting both of them. Uh, they're $1.99 each in the comedy album section of the iTunes store. Uh, you can follow Gary on Twitter at G. Patrick Smith. I'd say follow Kalen, but he doesn't do Twitter. And uh, as I said before, if you're going to buy something on Amazon, click the banner on my website. It doesn't cost you anything extra. It does help out the show. Okay. Follow Kalen IRL. That's right. Just, just. Yeah. Kalen's fishing him. on the couch at my place if you need him. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. I love you. Goodbye. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen show?
This is Corolla Digital. Thanks for listening to the show, everyone. Just as a reminder, this episode is brought to you by Nono. To get your Nono and take advantage of the exclusive offer for my listeners, go to nonobestfriend.com or call 800-508-4815. That's nonobestfriend.com or call 800-508-4815.